0: You're listening to the Coached by Dan podcast. Dan is an online coach and personal trainer with the goal of helping you become the happiest, healthiest, and most confident version of yourself you can be. Here, we talk about all things health, fitness, and mindset related to help you achieve anything you set your mind to. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's podcast. So, guys, welcome back to the Coach by Dan podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dan Reese. And today we are joined with a very special guest, Gary McGown. Gary, how are you getting on? Very good, man. Fantastic. Loving so life. um so I suppose all we're going like, the main kind of topic we're gonna talk about today um is kind of in light of everything going on, the whole pandemic, COVID-19, um, and kind of going within our kind of field of work as PTs and online coaches. Well, obviously, Gary more so just the online side of things. Um so We're going to be chatting more so about kind of dealing with your health and fitness goals and methods and strategies to ensure that you keep progressing despite being in the midst of this pandemic. So before we kind of jump into that, Gary, do you want to just introduce yourself, who you are, what you do for anyone listening?
1: Yeah, no problem. So my name is Gary McGowan. I'm the co-owner of Triage Method with Paddy Farrell. Uh, so we run an online coaching business. We also run podcasts and online education and stuff like that. So very much in the health and fitness sphere. That's pretty much what I'm interested in. I'm interested in all things kind of health, fitness, physical training, the crossover between that medicine, all that sort of stuff. That's that's what I'm all about. So yeah, that's me.
0: Sweet. Perfect. You're, you're studying as well, aren't you? At the same Same time with all this. You're studying medicine, aren't you?
1: Yeah, I'm studying medicine in in UCC here in Cork. So yeah, absolutely loving that as well.
0: Brilliant. So are you doing, is all your lectures and everything done online now, I'm assuming?
1: Yeah, so everything's online at the moment. And obviously like the the infrastructure wasn't really there. So I mean, I feel sorry for the lecturers who have to, they basically have to try and adapt to online teaching and then also have to deal with all the shit from students who are complaining all the time. So uh, it's a tough time to be a lecturer as well. But yeah, all our stuff is online. And I mean, like personally, I, I enjoy kind of the self directed learning anyway. So, it, as I was saying to you before we started, like I'm happy out at the moment, you know, I really can't complain about anything.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's like, yeah, I think kind of oh, whatever going on now, the fact that we're all kind of, I think, like, well, not think everyone is just in their own new little routine, like everything's been switched up, flipped upside down, that kind of way. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I suppose I can suppose we're probably touching it during the during the talk anyway about kind of routine and that importance of kind of resetting yeah. that. But, uh, yeah, sure, look, I think we'll just jump straight into my first question anyway so obviously um with everything going on gyms have all closed down um there's actually a gym near where i live that were sneaking clients in and they got caught out the other day which is a bit funny i think but uh yeah so all gyms have essentially just been closed down um so obviously personal trainers working one-to-one in gyms aren't as busy um yeah. coaches online obviously may see a dip in there in their business because obviously people don't work they can't really afford to be working online that side of things yeah. so for your clients who have stayed on board how are you personally coping with gyms being closed with your clients and how are you kind of facilitating them without the gyms obviously being open
1: yeah so so like firstly when i when i kind of think about training in general i think about this uh spectrum between rigidity and flexibility so when i say rigidity i'd be talking about for example if i'm coaching you dan and i say you have to train. This is your program, Dan. It's five days per week. These are the exercises you're doing. This is when you're doing them. This is how long you're resting for it. This is how many reps you're doing. This is how, many weight you're, how much weight you're going to lift. And this is your specific goal. So it's very clear, like top-down planning. It's saying that this is what you're doing, when you're doing it, how you're doing it. There's very little room for you to change anything up within that. Okay. So that's your kind of standard rigid programming. Then we have flexible training planning, which is more so like, okay, we have a a general direction in which we're trying to move, um, but the constraints are going to be a lot broader. So what I've been saying to a lot of my clients is, look, if you're training at home, we know that you don't have the apparatus available to probably get the maximum strength stimulus you could let's say let's say just someone is is training for strength or whatever we don't have that maximally available but we still have a lot of options available and when we think about like what what are the guiding things that are going what what are the principles that are going to lead to progress and to be honest like it's not really sexy but a lot of it really is just getting yourself to a point where you actually are Pretty challenged, um, regardless of the exercise. So, I mean, yeah, there's a difference between a bench press and a push up. But, I mean, in terms of the actual adaptations that you get once you get close to failure, it's like, yeah, they're still pretty similar. You know, for, for most people, it's similar enough. So, that's what I've been trying to get across to my clients is that, yeah, we don't have those tools available, but we can still be quite flexible in terms of the tools that we use. So, if you're able to do chin ups or horizontal rows or anything like that, you're able to train your back. If you're able to do push-up variations, you're able to train your your chest, your shoulders, your triceps. If you're able to do some squat variations, you're able to train your legs. So you've got all those tools that are available already. And then what I've also been saying to people is that, look, we know that we can't have all the perfect uh, rigid training planning in place, but what we can have is enjoyment. And for me, enjoyment and the kind of fun factor in training is basically like it's it's the step before the effort. So if you can enjoy your training, it's much easier to put in sufficient effort. So what I'm trying to get across to people is how can we actually create a situation in which you putting in sufficient effort is going to happen independent of me telling you to do it. So that's that's basically like that kind of bottom-up approach where I'm, we're, trying to, we're trying to create circumstances where you're putting in enough effort of your own accord. So what that, what that is, has meant for all of my clients is saying, right, you don't normally do you know, that much running in your program, but you did say a while back, if you had more time, you'd like to do a bit more running. So right now we know that running is a a very clearly available option, presuming you're staying within your two kilometers, you know, obey the government and all that. Um, so you're doing that much, right? You are, you, you've, you've got that available to you. So maybe we could make uh, that one of the goals right now, you know, And, and, and a couple of my clients are doing that. You know, one of the, one of the, the women I'm coaching, she was saying that, um, She's always wanted to run 10K, she, never did, she was never able to do that before, and now we're working towards that. She just did 8K yesterday, and we're climbing towards that 10K, so the way I look at it, you can still cr- have wins during this time, and when she gets that 10K, that's going to be a win, you know, because we've taken care of that, like, yeah, you, you like her par- b- background is in powerlifting, it's like, yeah, your deadlift mightn't increase during this time, but you knocked off that other goal, and you now have a more, dive, you have a more diverse repertoire of like your fitness capabilities, the, the the things that you enjoy as it relates to fitness, and that all carries forward. So I'm trying to get people to kind of view it in terms of, this is a positive, this is actually, there's actually a lot of positive, positive elements to that, maybe bring up some of the fitness characteristics that you hadn't worked before. Um, another one might be something skill related, for example, you might have a a 200 kilo squat for five reps, but you mightn't be able to do a pistol squat, you know? So that's a skill. That's more, it's not just strength. It's skill related as well. Um, So you could actually work on that for a while and boom, you've taken care of that. So there are always these, these things in the back of our minds as trainees, you know, where we say, I'd love to be able to do that, but I can't ever see myself putting the time into it. And from my perspective, now is the time to maybe think about doing some more of those things that you don't have the gym environment. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, no, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. I think one, one big thing, I, th- I feel like a lot of people who are, a lot, of, a lot of coaches in the gym, but like their clients and my clients as well, because obviously I'd say the majority of our clients would be very gym-based in terms of exercises. Of course, we'd have some yeah. who aren't, but the majority of them would be very gym-based. And I suppose... Like as coaches, you know, we weren't predicting this to happen. I don't think anyone in our kind of like fitness scene that would have obviously been like, "Oh, there might be a pandemic in 2020. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's Let's keep an eye on that, will we I get ready for these home workouts. um yeah. But it's kind of a case of, with that being said, unintentionally, clients and, people, and just standard gym goers get into the mindset of, you know, like I need if I I've I've very like set goals and I need to be in the gym to do this. And I think one a big thing people kind of don't understand is that you know your body doesn't you know, your, your chest doesn't recognize that it's it's you've walked into a gym and as you're holding a bar doing a bar a bench press it recognizes force and stimulus and all that and it's a case mm-hmm. of how can you or you or i or other coaches as the coach um get that message across in the sense that okay we may not be in a gym but you know we can still if you can do like i said like if you can do a push-up you can train your chest shoulders and triceps if you're a power lifter, okay cool you may, if we don't have like a bench back kind a way it may not be the most optimal setting for you but we still can you know, work towards some means of progression. And I love the bit you said there about running. Like, again, I think everyone can agree now. Everyone is all of a sudden... uh a keen runner now like myself included yeah. i used to back back like years ago i used to be very keen on running and then once i started working and training myself for gym work that yeah. kind of side of things it kind of just slipped away and i kind of followed that car myself of like i would always love to pick up running again but like then just time wise i kind of valued like value wise i always valued my kind of my gym my resistance training as opposed to my running but now obviously i wouldn't have like yourself a, like a bar or a squat rack or plates handy. Mm-hmm. i have a few bands and cuffs that's the extent of it's so really so i've just been kind of Evaluate myself, right? What are my goals? Like, right, well, my original goal is to obviously build a bit of mass and some strength. That's kind of, I couldn't obviously still work and fit myself from home session to do so, but why don't I kind of switch my perception and, have, and become more aware of what's going on and kind of think, well, I did have a goal beforehand of, you know, being able to run, you know, a half marathon. So now it's a case of, well, I have a lot more time now. So yeah why not have been more running into my routine? And it's been like that with a few more clients of mine. I think it's really, I think it's really important to kind of, almost look at the kind of the positives we can take from being on a lockdown situation. Like, yes, of course it's for, you know, obviously like not spreading or slowing down the spread of COVID-19, but it's more so a case of, right, well, personally speaking, if I'm following them, what can I do myself to facilitate my health and fitness goals and adapt to my current situation? You know it's going to help a lot of people kind of understand that, you know, despite what their goals may be originally, it's given them that kind of, like that kind of flexibility to, chop and change their goals and always have something to work towards because so long i think a big thing is so long you have something to work towards and you're kind of driven you want to get it done like you will see results down the line and if we are if people are like myself is like even though like i'm like myself like going for more runs and improve that my goals before would have been completely different joking away and now it's like i'm still loving training i'm finding like i'm getting that kind of that runners high so to speak um it's it's incredible and i kind of it's just it's just kind of case of like learning to adapt your situation uh just base your goals off you know what you were given so if, yeah i think it's like it like yeah so i think people kind of who are in the gyms now it's kind of a case of recognizing that you know just understanding like your gym's closed get over it there's more stuff we can do really
1: a away 100 And percent. i mean like that that also goes beyond like fitness. Cause obviously like we're very much in the domain of, of fitness and talking about the physical training kind of side of this. But the other element of that is that like, if, you're, if your whole life crumbles as soon as the gym closes, like you, you do need to kind of question your priorities. Like, it, because if that is a priority and that's like, that's your main thing, that's all you care about. And you're and, like, this is okay for you. The fact that, yeah, this is breaking me, but that's fine because the gym is all that matters. Okay, that's fine. But I think for a lot of people, um, they probably do put The probably too much much emphasis on the gym and fitness in their lives. And that's coming from someone who, like, I fucking love everything about fitness and physical training and coaching and everything. But I think it's, it's also a time to not just question, oh, could I work on other like fitness characteristics or fitness qualities, but also asking, are there other areas of my life that I need to tidy up? So, for example, if you're someone who's always said, I'd love to be a reader, but I never have time. You know, now is the kind of time to say, Do you know what, I might try and settle in, into a reading habit, or you have maybe some sort of peripheral interest, like you're interested in aviation or flying, but you never have the interest, or you never had the time to read up on flying or learn about different planes or how aerodynamics works. So whatever it is, you know, now is the time to kind of put some, put some time into that. Or maybe it's the case that you were never putting effort into your relationships to kind of foster those because you were always so spending so much time on the gym. And now again, is a time to try and patch up those areas of your life, because trust me, no matter how much you love fitness, like if, if the rest of your life is also in order and you're a more well-rounded individual, I think most of the time you're going to be happier at the end of it, you know?
0: Yeah. Like I completely agree with that. Like it's
1: the reality is everyone has so
0: so much more free time right now well most of us anyway um that's a case of you know will we just sit at home faff about watching disney plus all day or will we actually <laughs> will we actually <laughs> will we actually just you know take this extra these extra six seven hours of our day and just make the most of things we actually value and things we actually want to achieve so i think yeah mm-hmm. absolutely it's such an important point there like yes fitness and everything we're about now kind of fitness and gym related it's very important but it's also a great time to highlight you know your values and what you've always wanted to do like everyone has mm-hmm. that thing in the back of the head, like oh i want always want to do this or that it's like well have a bit of time why not take two three hours a day like everyone's kind of falling out of routine now and i think one big issue i think i said i said to you before we actually started recording was everyone's kind of struggling and trying to be bored because they're out of routine it's like well you're out of your your work i think yeah it's kind of right of our work routine and kind of our going to the gym routine but like when you take that away from it you know think about what you want to do and you so and so told yourself i've not had time to do it it's like well now you have a bit of time so let's just attack those as best we can you know so yeah so yeah completely agree with that i think it's a very important point to bring up um and i think yeah so another question i meant to ask you there And we kind of touched on it briefly with the sense of we don't, our body doesn't recognize actually in a gym environment. It just recognizes force and stimulus on it. Do you believe that a home training session or a home workout can be effective for those who are looking to build size and increase their strength?
1: Yes, to to a certain point. And I I think that the limits here are more so practical than they are like mechanistic or physiological, if you get me. So like I did a workout last week with, um, some people from my class, so basically I led them through the workout i 'm hoping to do the same this week with my actual clients, and that was like the trial. Um, but we went through a workout, and man i'm telling you i, I haven 't been a sore. From a workout in years. And I mean, and that includes like my legs and everything. And, and that's not to say that, that that soreness is an indicator of the quality of your workout. But I mean, if you if you're getting that sore from a home workout, like it does indicate that there's a lot of muscular stimulation going on. Um, but like, you do have to be more creative. And I think it is harder. And I, I I mean that from the from the perspective of it's harder to get yourself to do it. Because for example, one of the things that we did for, for legs was we did and 10 reps of like 10 reps of squats just regularly with well, like four seconds down and one second up so like super super slow well slow enough at least and then we did 10 reps of uh five seconds down two seconds up just ha- just up a quarter of the way down again and then up and that's one rep and we did that 10 times and then we did sissy squats and like it was a ruthless workout. It just, but it was it was all just body weight, and it's probably the sorest I've been during a yeah. workout in so long as well. Um, but it was a, it, w- it was class. You know, it felt great. And if I was to do workouts like that all the time, would I grow? Yes, of course I would grow. And I think that is reflected as well in terms of when you look at the the actual research on body weight training, like people get great outcomes. You know, so there's no mechanistic reason why you wouldn't be able to um, get unreal results from just body weight training. The the issue is more so practical, and I think that I think that's the main problem here. And when I say practical, I mean it can be difficult to get certain body parts trained. So, for example if you've got a pull-up bar, fantastic. But if you don't, it can be a bit more difficult to train the back of your body. There's still options available, but again, it's a practical limitation. So you do need some equipment. The same could be said for something like uh, the hamstrings. They can be a difficult muscle group to train. Uh, You can do things like Nordic curls and there's like hamstring curl variations you can do on the ground. But again, it requires creativity. It requires someone to maybe have a partner available. So again, there's kind of pragmatic limitations there. Um, And there's also the case that if you've come from a background of being involved in weight training, it can be more difficult to motivate yourself to do these types of exercises to the level of effort that is required. And that's why I was alluding to at the beginning of, of the podcast about how you need to make it enjoyable enough so that someone wants to put in enough effort. Because it's just like, for example, for, for me and you, if we're doing push ups, you know, if, I'm ju- if we're just doing bodyweight push ups, like we're talking sets of 30, 40, 50, maybe 60 push ups, like it's hard to, to, to do that repeatedly and to, to, to be like, all right, rep 24, 25, 26, 27, you know, and to motivate yourself to the point where I'm actually going to take this close to failure. Um, so, so, yeah, I do think like one of the things that could really enhance your outcomes during this time is if you can get a training partner. Absolutely brilliant, you know. Even if you're the quote-unquote superior, so let's say you're a personal trainer listening to this, and you're, you've only got like I don't know your brother or sister, younger brother or sister, you can still use them as a training partner because you know you know yourself. When you train with someone, sometimes you're like, uh, you know, I want to I want to impress them a little bit. I'm going to put in enough effort. You know, there's there's always some element to kind of motivate you to push yourself a bit more. So training partners can be helpful if you don't have one in real life hop on a Zoom call or a Skype call with one of your other trainers, you know, another trainer, you know, or a group of trainers or a group of friends from your class, like I was saying, or if you're a trainer, your clients, you know, all these things are what I would refer to as incentives to train hard enough because that's what they are. You're putting the incentive in place so that you can put in the effort that is required for you to get similar results in muscle mass or strength. Because as I said, there's no mechanistic reason why you couldn't gain muscle with body weight training, but there are some pragmatic limitations um, or psychological limitations that can make it more difficult. Another one that's really important, you may have come across this yourself with some of your clients, I know I have, is uh, schedule, like actually getting the workout done. So because someone's doing it in their sitting room or something, it's very easy to just say, oh, I'll do it in another while, I'll do it in another while. Because there's not that committing step of putting on your shoes, walking to the gym or cycling to the gym or walking out of the changing room of the gym. Instead, you're in your home. So it's very easy to either not start the workout, push it off until later, and then other excuses pop up. Or when you're halfway through the workout, what can end up happening is, oh, you got a call, or your mom was making dinner, so you went down and had that, or your laptop was open and you, got, you went down this YouTube rabbit hole. So that's another thing, is to schedule in the time. When are you gonna train, okay? If, when you're gonna train, go into a particular room, leave your phone outside, or bring it in and put on music or something and try to minimize anything that you think is likely to distract you during that time and just get the workout done you know
0: yeah completely agree with that there i think i think one big thing there you mentioned there about kind of being creative i think that's another issue a lot of in gym pts are kind of facing now like yes if you're if you're very much like focus on barbell squat hack squat rdl deadlift bench press machine press like equipment based activities and you're obviously you're at home and you're thinking jesus like i want to keep the training i'm thinking about potentially doing something online or over zoom like you were saying there but you know my client doesn't have a barbell they don't have a dumbbell they haven't got a cable machine or pull up bar like what are we going to do and it's it's kind of a sense of kind of like right think about exercises you would do and how can you replicate them i think my favorite one is, i saw on it was. Callum, um the most mentors Callum, his his story and a few of them posted was the the foam roller hack squat and i think that, that was brilliant like yeah. so getting the foam roller you just above your it, what was it was a foot putting a foam roller against um a wall put put the foam roller again lie against it, like just above your hips put some dumbbells in your hand and just kind of it kind of mimics kind of a hack squat and i think that's brilliant like it's it's so simple but it's kind of like just by understanding you know what joints are being used what muscles have been used and like you're kind of like the pattern like how you're going through the movement you can start to kind of bring in something as weird as funny as like a foam roller into your workouts and just use it as a hack squat and i saw someone using a skateboard as an alternative and like that that's brilliant yeah so it's, it's just about being really creative and trying to thinking like right well don't think about what you don't have think about what you have available how can you adapt that to your current situation and it's gonna be absolutely in, in, insane and then your point there about about um that actually kind of getting distracted i think that comes down again to that point of routine in a sense people like yeah. their routine would be you know work train sleep etc weekend comes whatever like that like your average standard human being but now it's a case of you know you're at home you might work from home but i suppose i suppose even one thing that i i usually do like i i work in a gym but i train in a different gym and then when i do my own my like my social life that kind of side of things i try leave as much work and business and training talk or just stuff stuff that i'm like would associate with other parts of my life i try leave it out and then now we're all of sudden in a, in a routine where it's kind of all in that one spot. Like you're either working from home, you're at home with your family or your housemates mm-hmm. or whatever, and then you're also training at home. So it's kind of like those three parts of my life that I all did right. have separate, it's, it's all together now. And I've had clients come to me and people on Instagram even saying kind of, you know, like I'm, I'm genuinely finding it hard to find a routine just because like from a psychological point of view, it's it's all in that one place and it's so hard to find routine in that. And I think it's a case of, I think it's another one of those things that like people will often think about to themselves and not kind of discuss when in reality it's kind of like, right. If you even just write down a pen and paper, like what's going on, like your situation, it's kind of a case of, right. How about I just like, again, going back to that point of actually just making new routine, giving yourself new habits, like, yeah, you value your training. That's cool. But you're also finding it hard to make time to train because you're also just getting distracted. You don't want to train at home. It's a case of, well, almost like disciplining yourself to kind of sit down write out something you want to do even say it to a friend of yours or a housemate or your mommy or dad whoever's at home to you and this kind of thing like right how can i work around the situation like yeah like in your head doing a training session at home doesn't seem like the most optimal thing but if you go so if you simply go to your garden or your driveway or you do something you kind of you you associate like you obviously associate your weight training your gym training in a gym but now mm-hmm. how about associate that train, gym training with you know your back garden and the wall if you kind of Wooden logs up back there, your 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 spare bar by the dumbbells you have available to you, and use that area as your kind of your now workout zone. It's just a case again, like I said there, I think it's a case of kind of not focusing on what you don't have anymore, but focusing on what you do have and maximizing what you can control and kind of, you know, milking that to an extent. So you, you are kind of you aren't just gonna kind of sit in there thinking, Oh geez, you know what I actually can't do anything. It's like, no, no, there's a lot you probably can do. It's just your mindset towards it is kind of it's what's kind of holding you back from actually achieving it. Do you know what I mean? yes sir yeah completely so um and then kind of on that point there like how would you actually deal yourself with someone like a client that's actually saying Do you know what Gary as much as I'm trying to I'm finding it so hard to actually make that change from working in the gym in to working at home or switch my goals up and going for runs or cycles that kind of way like how would you how would you look to help a client in that sense of um, they're just finding that whole change really really difficult
1: yeah so like I mean this this does come back to kind of basic communication skills as a trainer um and i think this is something that is it's probably lacking among among trainers a lot of the time is is that that ability to kind of come back and try to get someone to kind of to come to their own conclusions in some way like in a kind of motivational interviewing style fashion because i mean like sometimes you just take everything at face value like you know, the the initial goal a client comes with and they write that down in their form and that never gets approached again and that's just it. Oh, this person is my body composition focused client or powerlifting focused client and that's what working towards at all costs. You know, like I was saying, one of my clients is um like her background is more so kind of in powerlifting, but one of her her goals like all along the last kind of few months or or even a year or so even longer has been related to uh, just body composition, just fat loss. So from a training perspective, like she was kind of, you know, enjoying her training, but just, just enjoying that process. And there was never like a, a massive, like every week was like, I need to progress. I need to progress. I need to progress. She was just enjoying it. So I'm like, okay, you know, we're moving along just fine. But then as, as, as we transition into this period where the workouts were more so based at home she was finding it really difficult to get those those workouts in just like little to no motivation because as i was saying like she's happy enough with the body composition progress so right now it's just like right we've got that side of things you know squared away continuing to make progress with fat loss great but how can we get you to enjoy training and that was where that discussion of you know you mentioned a while back that you wanted to do a bit more running um, could we work towards that, that, that next step? And that was something she came to herself. She was like, you know what? Yeah, like the I wanted to be able to do a 10 kilometer run, but I've never kind of had the time. So why don't we actually work towards that? And the thing that's powerful about those discussions as trainers with clients is that you allow the individual to kind of, Take the lead themselves, and that's why flexibility is important in coaching and not just having this kind of top down relationship all the time. so if you can let your clients you know say, say to you um, um look this this is something I've actually always wanted to work towards, then they've now got the ownership of it so that for me is quite important so if you are that individual who you're just feeling like no motivation at all, so we're not looking from the trainer side now we're looking from the side of the individual the client then what i would what I would be looking to do is again, coming back to what I said earlier, is there anything I could improve now that I couldn't improve before that I didn't have time and that I didn't allocate the time, et cetera, and find one or two things that center your focus. So that might be, you know, uh, your first pull up, uh, your first 10 push ups, your first 20 push ups, your first one arm push up, your handstand, whatever. If you can have something in each of the workouts that you do, or even in just your training plan as a whole, that you can really see as something that's worth working towards, that for me is enough to. For the person to get in the rest of the work as well. Because if you do your push-ups and you love them and it was like boom, that was like part of my goal, you know, doing another couple of sets of, of lunges or whatever, it's not that much of a big deal. But if you're going into the workout thinking there's nothing here, nothing here that I even care about, it's definitely harder. So have something in each of your workouts or at least in the training plan of the whole as a whole that you actually care about. That that would probably be my my number one tip. Yes, yeah, we know that's that's that's
0: bang on there. I think, I'm um, like yeah, with clients myself, like I know there's obviously I have one client who before obviously everything going on him in particular his he just he was he was a big on the big three. He wasn't a powerlifter, but he was just very keen on the big three, like his bench press, his squat, his deadlift, yeah. and just the variation around. And I was like, that's cool. Like he was he wasn't going for a competition. He was just like, I like this kind of training style. Can we do it? I'm like, yeah, of course we can. That's what you want to do. Let's make that the best we can, and. I think, well, not I think, like before, just before this all kind of started happening, his barbell, his front squat and his RDL, his barbell RDLs just took a life of their own. They were doing incredible. And he, I remember chatting to him like in the week before, he went like the gym's closed down. He's like, my gym's still open, but I don't want to close down. I'm like, listen, I know, but we got to be prepared for it to actually happen just in case, yeah. obviously just because, you know, we don't want to get too emotionally attached to the idea of a deadlift and, a, and the squat. Like, as much as we love it, we can't have to like peed away for a second and just think, you know, realistically speaking, these gyms are probably going to close. So we kind of have to get into our heads like, right, what can we do that isn't a squat and a deadlift? And he's like, you know, that, that's, that's right. And three days later, funny enough, his gym closed. So it was so hard for him. I remember him in particular, it was very hard for himself to kind of get used to it. I remember our first couple of check-ins were, like, weekly check-ins were just kind of like, train didn't feel like it used to be. Trainers feels like a lot tougher than it was before. And it's kind of a case of rights. This obviously isn't ideal. You know, I've, I've worked with a lad for over a year, like a, 13, 14 months now, it's a case of right. It's the first time he's kind of come into that that issue of like not being able to go to the gym and he's just struggling big time. was like, right now, let's sit down, let's have a talk, let's have a call, let's see what we can do to ensure that, you know, you get that same drive and love for training back. And it's just a case, of, like you said, that like, like highlighting, not even me, like saying, maybe we can do this, maybe we can do that. It's like, right, what can you do? What have you always wanted to do? What is something you feel like you can do and something you want to work on? And like, funny enough, like we said there, he a part of his kind of his training plan was running he like he enjoyed running so we're like cool, let's schedule some running it and all of a sudden now he's come back to me in his latest check and he goes damn i've done four ten kilometers runs, runs this week i was like jesus that <laughs> that's number one that's insane but number two how do you feel he goes I feel grand and i was like okay that's insane he's like yeah i would never have done it beforehand but now obviously like you said the fact that gyms are closed there's no point worrying that i can't squat or deadlift what can i do now he's like well i also kind of like running so i'm just gonna do like forrest gump one just not stop running which he funny enough did and just did four ten k's in the week yeah. and i was like okay that's 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 cool so obviously so like now obviously our main goal he's gotten that drive for training back he's he's found his love for training back despite being very kind of oh jesus you now i just had no gym to go to now what do i do he's back in the mindset of like his runs are now his his deadlift and his squats and he's associating that with what he wants to progress with more so yeah i think it's it's the case of like you said there it's a case of, just understanding is a lot more that we can be doing and highlighting things that you know, like understanding that we the gyms are closed is we can't go back to that. There's no point in worrying about that. So like let's look at like things we can do, what we are available to ourselves, and then how we can then focus on progression. Because if we don't have a goal set in front of us, we're kind of doing stuff aimlessly, it's so much harder to do it consistently. Whereas we need something to kind of work towards we're gonna to set those mini goals day by day, week by week, then actually being pumped and motivated and like wanting to actually discipline yourself to get those sessions in, it's just going to come like that in the second age and It's going to be so much easier. So yeah, I, th- I think that's a, that's a really, really important. Um, another thing I kind of want to touch on is obviously as coaches, we kind of, there's a lot more to what we do than just, I suppose, here's your training plan, here are your calories and protein intake and carb and fats, and that kind of way off you go to do your thing. Like there's a lot more in the case of with some clients focusing on kind of managing stressors and, managing how they perceive stress and kind of working on their sleep and digestion that side of things. Would you say now, like, again, we kind of, we can't, we kind of put our eggs in different baskets with that kind of way. Obviously different clients will have different, more attention to maybe sleep and nutrition and training that kind of way. Every client's going to be a little different, but would you say now is a, like a, with all the extra freedom we have to put like greater emphasis on improving someone's like their, their relation to food or their digestion and how they perceive stressors. Like, would you feel like now is a much better time to, you know, put a lot more focus on those or do you feel like it's kind of something obviously we should already be doing, but you feel like it's a, it's a, it's a good time now to kind of emphasize the importance of these two clients who may not have had them in a very good position before. Um, and how would you go back kind of doing that?
1: Yeah. Like, the, so the way, the way I conceptualize this is, is to think, right. How can you use this time? not just to like de-stress because to me, like that's just, that's just transient. You know, I can, if you're, if you're off work for three weeks, okay, cool. Let's get you to meditate for an hour a day, you know, and go and relax. Like that's fine. But how can we actually like you use this to 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 solidify your approach in the future? Like that's, what's more important is how can we review the way that you lived your life up until now and implement maybe some habits or, or behaviors or whatever that, will, that you can then implement long-term. Because like the way I view, like the way I think a lot of people think about stress management is just in a very fragile way. It's like, all right, we're gonna add in something like as if it's another intervention, like you're gonna meditate for 30 minutes a day. And it's just another thing to do, as opposed to trying to address maybe some of the other issues that are going on. So for example, someone might be feeling really stressed because they just never get the things done that they need to get done and they feel like their actions are not in line with their values. And that's something that that actually comes up a lot of the time is that Someone might be, you know, really stressed all the time because they're spending three hours a day on social media. They're inheriting values from other people um, and they're trying to do all of these different things and not getting done the things that actually matter most to them. So they're not exactly, they're, they're not becoming the person that they think that they'd like to be and that can be a stressor, stressor it can lead to anxiety, etc. So for me, like I'm, I'm trying to get, get get people, especially some of my clients to think about How are you living up till now? What can you change about that and carry forward with it into the future? So if you, for example, one thing might be you look at your history on your iPhone of uh, your screen time and you see that you've been spending four hours per day on your phone, two hours of which have been on Instagram. Okay. That that may be a stressor in and of itself or the fact that you're taking those four hours away from other constructive tasks might be leading to stress in your life. So one example there would be I'm gonna try and cut that down to two hours. I'm gonna do that consistently and carry it forward as a habit. And then I'm gonna use the other two hours for things that are constructive or they may just be leisurely. So for example, one hour might be, I'm have you know, i a personal trainer. I've never spent time working on my business because I'm always in my business and my documentation that I use for my clients is terrible. So I'm gonna spend that hour working on improving documentation, improving my systems, um, so that that is less of a stressor going forward. And now you're actually creating things to make your life less stressful in the future. So that's one way of thinking about, um, quote unquote, stress management. And I think it's really worth how, thinking about how that actually applies to your own life, because it, you know, it undoubtedly does. And I can tell you that it, that it applies to me. You know, like For example, one of the things I've been doing since since the like working from home and and studying from home and stuff is I've been reading more because reading is something that I see as being something really valuable for me personally. I feel better. I feel more honest. I feel like I'm living in line with my values when I read more. So for me, implementing a routine and a habit each morning to read for a couple of hours has made me feel, you know, much less stressed. And that for me is is something to remind myself of going forward to think like, okay, I need to actually make sure I keep this in going forward because previously, um, I may have been spending too much time on social media or anytime I was commuting on the bus, I was doing menial tasks when I could have been, you know, doing a bit of reading. So that's just an example kind of from my own life. Um, but other things that, that that fall into stress management can be simply like, yeah, reducing your social media time is a great one, but like, like doing nothing as well and scheduling in leisure time into your, into your schedule. Because one of the things that I think, a lot of us, particularly those of us who are like, oh, we've got our own business. We're personal trainers, you know. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm into fitness, uh, grind, etc. Like one of the things you do is you self you set up this kind of tyrannical schedule where anytime you have a schedule, everything is like a chore. So it's like everything that's next on the schedule is something that you don't want to do. So why would anyone want to adhere to that schedule? So instead, um, something something that you might you might want to do going forward is you schedule all your priority tasks so that you get those done and then you actually schedule free time. So it comes back to like, if you're familiar with Jaco Willink or your listeners are, he always says, you know, discipline equals freedom. So if you can schedule all of your stuff that you need to do and get that done don't, don't use that as, a, that as an opportunity to just schedule five more hours of work, you know, because that's just, that's just dumb. That's going to leave you in, the, in the, the position that you were in previously where you weren't enjoying yourself because all you were doing was imposing more chores in yourself. Schedule free time then. You might like, I don't know, going surfing or you might like going running or walking in the woods or watching Netflix or whatever. If you schedule that and you do so after you have gotten your, your priority tasks done, then your whole life becomes less stressful because both your work and your leisure are justified whereas what most people end up doing is their leisure time is basically just results in a feeling of guilt because they haven't completed what they needed to do and then now they're doing what they shouldn't be doing and you get no enjoyment at the end of it you know it's it's like it's like nutrition when um you just kind of go on these binges all of the time or you, you, you just always uh, going off track with your nutrition and eating burgers and biscuits and blah, blah blah if you're always going off track with your nutrition you don't get the pleasure from from those foods that you actually enjoy, because it's always it always comes with a feeling of guilt, you know. Um, so so that that very much carries over into life. So they'd be some of the things I would keep in mind as it relates to to stress management. It's like sleep when it comes to sleep, um, and this this does fall into stress management as well. The main thing I say to everyone is have a routine. Have look, treat yourself like a child. Have a bedtime. Have a, a time that you get up in the morning. It's. The most basic thing, but as adults we just don't do it. You know, we're like we're like bold children. Like, oh, I'm not going to bed. I'm going to stay up and watch YouTube until I feel tired. Like, of course you don't feel tired. You're watching fucking cat videos at 3 a.m. Like, you know, you know. And so, like, instead of doing that, like, just I I go to bed at 10 p.m. Boom, get that squared away. That's done now. And then you go, you get up at 6 a.m. or whatever time you happen to get up. I don't care what time you go to bed and get up. You know earlier isn't better, you know, it, it, it doesn't matter. You could you could say to yourself, two AM is my bedtime, 10, 10 AM is my get up time. That's fine. doesn't matter if that's you, you live your life. But have it consistent because then you at least can start to firstly entrain like basic biological rhythms that support you going to sleep at a particular time. So you, you actually keep it consistent and the body sort of adapts to that. But, what you also do is you know you make it clear to yourself that um oh, I wake up, I wake up in the morning, I do so at eight a m and then I do my first task. boom, it's not a case of I wake up at six a m some days ten a m other days, noon, other days, and any 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 kind of any difference in what time you get up results in this disruption to your whole schedule so the more consistency you can have um in general, I think that the smoother your life will be.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with that there. Consistency, yeah. yeah I think that another point there about actually being a child and actually setting a sleeping in mic routine, as as silly as that's gonna to sound to a lot of people, like it's so underrated. And it's something that like, literally So underrated. It's something just no, like nobody actually does. Well, fair few a few would do, but like very little would kind of understand the importance of doing that. Do you know, can we cut like a lot of our own like most of our stress is going to be self-inflicted I think and things like that like not setting a not setting a time to go to bed and wake up at and like you know having five hours or six hours sleep and just constantly being sleep deprived things like that it's going to be a lot worse off in yourself and the reality is you may not realize it but you're putting that stress on yourself just potentially through not sleeping and then which is about kind of actually having tasks and work to do um I feel like I think it's a very much a Personal trainer, kind of doing your own like business entrepreneur, personal trainer kind of thing. And obviously, people know their businesses, but specifically towards ourselves, I think it's very common to see people wanting to seem busier than they are. So yeah. in in return, they'll make themselves silly busy, if you want to call it that. In a sense of like, I have a whiteboard in front of me right now with everything I need to do today. You know, Zoom call Gary at twelve. I'm coming with two and three clients. I'm reading someone's nutrition um, kind of guidelines. It. I'm after that, and I'm going to do an hour study. Of my own work after that. And then once that's done, it's done. Jack do and away? I'm not, you know, I could get that done by three o'clock, four o'clock today. I might get it done at seven, eight o'clock today. You know, I have my tasks out there. The more efficient I am, the sooner I'll get it done. But if I get that all than at four o'clock, it's not going to mean that, okay, I've, I have another six hours before you go to bed. I'm going to do more. Excited. No, just, you've done what you need to do. You've you've set your week like my weekly tasks are back there, my daily tasks are more in front of me. Mm-hmm. Obviously, people who listen to this can't see. I've I've two whiteboards in my room, one behind me, one in front of me. The one behind me is kind of has what I want to achieve in the week, like the big goals, and the one in front of me is just, is kind of what I write up every evening of tasks I want to achieve during that day. Because like I spend most of my time when I'm working at home at my desk and my laptop, and having that in front of me, it just means I don't have to get up, check what I have to do. That kind of way, it's all in front of me, so I can kind of get it done as fast as I can. And as efficient as I can and I think like again I think everything we're talking about comes back to that kind of routine idea that I feel like again during this pandemic everyone's kind of falling out of routine and it's a case of yeah okay that's fair enough you've you've you're not doing what you usually do but the reality is no one else not nobody nobody is well majority of people aren't living the same routine they would have a, would have had before so it's a case of you know what do you want to achieve? What do you want to do? What can you do now with all this free time? Plan it out, especially, you know, work-wise, stress-wise, that kind of side of things. It's just plan your stuff out. Plan, like, what's important to you. Get those things done. And when they're done, don't feel the need to do more. It's like, cool, you've, You're what you have to do for that day, that's done. Take it off. Relax, like I said. Read a book. Go for a walk. Do things that, you know, work is, again, I think another thing people kind of don't realize is work is not their entire life. And the sooner you can figure that out, well for you like you still have a social life you still we're all human we all like to watch a bit of netflix or disney plus nowadays we all like to go off and read a book, listen to podcasts. do like we're all what's human what's this
1: disney like, plus you keep talking disney
0: about. plus have you not heard of it it's no. like it's like the new netflix it's, it's like netflix really? but it's just all disney it's brilliant <laughs> but oh has gone off topic of now oh have you not no. Oh man, it's just like, it's, I feel like he, I can't like, go anywhere on my phone like or Facebook or YouTube or Instagram and not see it. It's, yeah, it's, it's effectively like, it's literally like Disney have copied and pasted how Netflix have set out their kind of, their website and their service and just replaced it with everything Disney has ever created or been associated with in their, in their like, existence and put it on this one platform for seven quid a month
1: jesus i didn't know that no but the the
0: best thing is though it literally i think it literally came out i want to say a week or a few days before everything started happening like around europe especially as well like before covid kind of became like a really kind of big issue around like italy and spain that kind of stuff of things it literally like came out and was released around that same time so they're they're booming right now disney's like happy days everyone's stuck at home that's Let's give him a reason to stay home and not do anything. But yeah, that's Dizzy Plus. But yeah, I feel like, yeah, I I completely completely agree with you there in that sense. Like it's a lot of stress kind of set upon ourselves. And um, it's just a case of kind of like understanding that and realizing that, you know, if you are stressed out, especially from our point of view as well, we have to be very individual. It's not just a case of go meditate, try this. Like, breathe differently, like, as a breathing technique. Is like, no, what is actually causing their stress? Is it to do with their time management? Are they making themselves do more than they need to? Like, what specifically is stressing these people out? And then work on very individual techniques and how they can obviously manage that themselves. And then sleep and all that's going kind to of come hand in hand with kind of helping that, I think, as well. Um, yeah, I'm still sure sh- Have you not heard of it, man? <laughs> I think it's yeah, life. That, see
1: that. That's, that's a good sign, right? You know, yeah. cause I've been, pre- been preaching there being like, don't spend too much time on social media people. And that tells you that I haven't been on often because I don't know what it is. It's impressive is what it is. It's very, very impressive. Um,
0: so yeah, I suppose, yeah, another question I kind of have, uh, more so related to the PTs and coaches listening to this now, mm. um, of it. So what I've actually, one thing I've, I've actually done the last few weeks, I've actually. Um, got in touch with Mark Coles um, from M10, kind of that kind of side of like, yeah. the whole brand impact mastery, that kind of side of course things. So I've just been interested for a while, I kind of want to get done with it. Um, and one thing I've seen, it's like, it's like a, for those listening, it's like a community of PTs and coaches who want to, you know, just figure out how to make their service and their brand and their business, you know, how to scale and how to make it a little more effective for themselves yeah. long term. And I suppose one common theme we've kind of, I've kind of seen within that support group is that a lot of PTs going from, making money, making their bank, having a good business to making absolutely nothing. And it's, it's, it's a, it's a, like it's affected. I think it's affected everyone. It's affected me. I've had a few clients put on hold. um, And uh, I think every other PD in the world has obviously seen some form of, it doesn't matter if it's extreme or not extreme. They've seen some some form of effect in their business from that sense. Um, So from yourself, from what you've kind of achieved over the last few weeks of having this as an issue, like what advice would you give to coaches struggling um, business-wise, during the this whole pandemic.
1: Yeah, so like I mean, f- first things first. Like before I advise anyone, I guess like the thing is to realise I'm in the same position as everyone else. Like the maybe a little bit luckier in that our business is solely online. So while we have definitely been affected, like I've de- I've had a good few clients. Um, finishing up or pausing their their coaching at least, and um, that means you know that we have less revenue coming in. It means that you know our our salary or wages or whatever is affected our income's affected it means that you know my I still have to pay rent you know my b- bills aren 't affected I still have to pay fucking fifteen grand a year for college <laughs> you know all these fucking things you know all that stuff doesn 't change um it's the it 's the income that does so I definitely can empathize with people in that situation. The one thing I would say is again it comes back to what we talked about as it relates to lifestyle use this as an opportunity to reflect and say how can i remove this fragility in future so for example like one of the ways that N- Nasim Taleb would conceptualize kind of fragility is if it, like if you're, if you're, if you're, if, a, if you're affected by a stressor and you degrade in response to that stressor, um, that's fragile. Okay. So if your life has been totally ruined just because of Corona, despite not being ill or despite not being a healthcare worker or whatever, um, and just being at home and your routine being affected is ruining your life because you can't get to the gym or whatever. I would say your fitness, your fitness lifestyle has led to you becoming fragile. Um, if you were anti-fragile, that's a step above where you actually get better in response to stressors. So as it relates to lifestyle, what that would mean is, you know, uh, COVID-19 pandemic led to me spending more time at home. I actually prefer learning from home. That's a win. College is improved. Um, we have things that we're working on in the background with our business anyway, other projects. So now we can spend more time on those. Boom, that's that sorted. Um, can spend more time doing certain types of training, reading, etc. So that's anti-fragility in practice because it did not degrade my life. It improved my life, at least in, in some areas. So there's still an element of fragility from the perspective of income. But for other trainers, how do you get closer to that side? Part of it is, of course, having an online element to your business. Okay, because if you only have an in-person element to your business, you're getting zero cash flow now. Okay, versus maybe an online coach who, maybe they're they're taking in seventy-five percent, maybe they're taking in just fifty percent or whatever. Um, but there's always there's always some demand from an online perspective, because, you know, I just had even two, two inquiries there this morning for coaching for nutrition only, because people were like, look, I want to get my nutrition in order. Sure. We can't get to the gym, but I, you know, it's still a time that you can work in your nutrition. Um, a lot of my other clients were still working on home programs. We're working on other goals, all the things that we had discussed. Um, so, so, yeah, that, that's, that's what I would say to people is that Using this time to reflect on the fact that oh, you actually didn't have this in mind when it came to your business, you need to work on this in future. And also having some element of diversity, you know, if, if you're just offering only one service, and it's dependent on particular conditions, whether they be social or environmental or whatever that's a bit more fragile than having a couple of different elements to your business that are maybe at different price points or that require different levels of resources, et cetera. Um, so for example, you know, we've got our one-to-one online coaching, we've got group online coaching and we've got some basic like products. So like just some program templates and, and uh, beginner's guidebook and stuff. So, you know, th- there's still a little bit coming through through those beginner's guidebooks that isn't going to be affected by, uh, whether or not people can get to the gym. So, they they're the types of things that I would think about and also just thinking right not like cash flow isn't the only um po- positive so what i mean is right if you can put enough money away so that if you do have a 3 to 6 month dry period like you're covered you can still use that as a positive period of time because as i said we've got another project that we're working on so we can actually put in just as much work into that now or more work into that now because we don't have the online coaching as busy so while we're not making more money in the short term. We're putting more time into something that leads to uh, hopefully making more money in the long term. So they're the types of things that I would be thinking about personally within our business, and I think that 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 will be useful for other people to think about too. Basically, just ask yourself: Is my business fragile, and to what, and how can I make it more ro- robust or anti-fragile should those stressors uh, come at me? You know.
0: Yeah. No. I think. I think one big thing that's going to come from from this, like. From my my opinion, my point of view of this is you're going to have two kind of PTs or coaches and how they respond to what's going on now. There's some who are going to be aware and kind of adapt and be like, shit, well, I've gone from making maybe what, like two, three, four, five grand a month from my one-to-one to being nothing, from making nothing, that kind of way. It's like, right, well, that's an external factor that has affected my business I can't control. So how can I, how can I adapt to this so... In our lifetime, we're not likely to go through this again, maybe, who knows, that kind of way. But it's a case of, well, should another thing come up that will affect my business, how can I prepare now so that it doesn't affect me in the future? Do you know? Um, and I suppose I think and but then on the other hand you have the side of PTUs who are again just kind of chilling home, waiting for it to kind of blow over. Um this Shipping away in there three fifty euro a week until it kind of blows over, and then come back into one to one coaching. And I feel like those PTs and those coaches who have kind of recognized mm-hmm. that now this pause isn't just a break. This pause is opportunity to, you know, fill those gaps that you wouldn't have otherwise seen. That this is kind of that this pandemic has kind of brought up and kind of think right, you know, again disclaimer i'm not like a flip business coach and a coaching coach in any way this is <laughs> just what i've kind of what i've seen happen and what i've heard other coaches say kind of they kind of recognize with this whole situation it's a case of like they're kind of viewing it as more as an opportunity you know they're not in the gym but let's take this time and then focus on how i can make my service and my business almost indestructible to other things that could affect it like this like if i do one-on-one coaching cool well let's let's bring a few of them online provide them with homework it's another kind of health and fitness goals they can work around now you know like like let them understand the importance of you know managing their sleep and digestion and overall nutrition that side of things and work more towards that have an online service like write ebooks do something like that like understand like they're they you're like idea of course everyone's like income and business has been affected by what's going on now if you're kind of within the fitness industry like a personal trainer or an online coach or like a, like a studio gym owner but it's a case of how can I under, recognize what's going on now? How can I adapt to it so in the future, you know, it doesn't happen again, or at least not to the same extent. Do you know what kind of That would be my kind of two cents into how to kind of cope with this as a PT. Like yeah. you may not make any extra income from it. Like you may be working on things and systems behind the scenes that will help you in the future, but just understand that you could be doing a lot more now that's going to, prov- that's going to provide you a lot more benefit now, next week, three weeks time, once it's all passed over but there's a lot we can be doing now. I think that's going to massively benefit our kind of field of work when this is all over massively.
1: Yeah. And just to kind of reinforce that point that you made look like I'm not a a business coach either. You know, as I said, this has absolutely, this has affected my ability to, Mm. for us to pay our wages, you know, we can't pay ourselves, you know, as we were. So like, I mean, that's, that's just one of the realities of the situation, but that, 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 that doesn't mean that it's, it's necessarily a loss because as I said, you can still work on other things. You know, you can still always have something that you are working on. And it also gives you an option to diversify your skills as a coach. So if you were solely working one-to-one previously, you'd, you'd never communicated with, with anyone online, it could be an option for you to do Zoom workouts with your clients. It could be, I've seen some people do one-to-one Zoom workouts. Um, I've seen people do group uh zoom workouts and zoom is just a, a video platform it could be skype or whatever um so th- there's all those options available and it could even just be the case that you know communicate with your clients a bit more than you were through whatsapp or through email or whatever it was um because there's, al- there's always a- an opportunity to help people and to communicate effectively it doesn't always need to be one-to-one So yeah absolutely absolutely i think perception's a big thing now we can perceive this
0: as oh geez the gyms are closed like what now or perceive it as, yeah, okay, cool. Maybe I have a little drop in income, and maybe my, I'm not as busy, but this is now time I can, like we said before, like with anything we want to do in life, this is time that I can now put towards something else, like different, you know. Different things I want to implement to my business. Like, for example, one big thing I'm doing now with all my clients, I would never have like a like a like a like a support group if that makes sense. So I'm now to what day is today? Wednesday on Friday I'm launching a, an online client exclusive Facebook group where they can all kind of get to know each other, share their goals, share their progress, and I can put in more kind of educational content for them to work off. And that's something I wouldn't have time to work on before because I would be a, quite a busy personal trainer in gym and online. So I like I say during the week I be in the gym like I'd be doing kind of shift work in the gym, but also have my clients as well. So i would be doing maybe 40-ish hours in the gym and I'd be kind of doing the same online. So now it's a case of now I've 40 hours, I've eight hours extra Monday to Friday where I can just do something. It's like, right, I'm going to put this towards what will what'll, what'll improve my service and what I can provide my current and future clients with that I wouldn't have time to before. So yeah, I think it's, it's yeah, it's just kind of your perception of the whole situation is going to be, be massive to how you kind of, how you deal with it. And then I suppose one of the last questions I have for you, Gary, is do you feel like with everything going on, like this isn't towards coaches, this is more towards the general public, would you feel like this pandemic will bring more attention to people in understanding and and valuing their overall kind of health and fitness?
1: Mm, Yeah, when when I read this question, I was like, yeah, the easy thing to say as a trainer is just like, yeah, you know, everyone should now be so worried about their health. And this just shows you how important health and fitness is, blah, blah, blah. And I've seen loads of trainers talking about that. But to be honest, mm, no, I don't think so. I don't think it's going to make that much of a difference, um, especially because, like, if anything, it kind of shows you how, like, fragile you can be. Like, I mean, yeah, of course, being healthy or being more fit, etc. is probably protective in this case but it also just shows you that there are things that aren't purely related to lifestyle and um, that are fragile fragilities within the system that could lead to the demise of so many people, you know, and that it's not just all heart disease, obesity, et cetera. Um, so yeah, I- I'm not sure. I don't think there's a very obvious case for everyone being like, um, Oh yeah, everyone's going to definitely start going to the gym more uh, after this. Like, I think that's unlikely to happen. I may be wrong. And I hope, that is the case. I would love to see everyone come out after this, and suddenly everyone's fucking in the gym and everyone's eating really well and stuff. But I think you know the barriers to, to that are, are greater than just someone flicking a quick switch and saying, "Oh, health is actually important," because I think most people know that their health is important, and I mean, overall, the, like the amount of deaths attributed attributable to cardiovascular disease, metabolic- related diseases and obesity, et cetera, um, annually. Are terrifying to look at anyway. Like, if you look at all the research related to, you know, how health and fitness relates to non communicable diseases, like, there's already enough information there to say that, oh, you should be training, you should be eating well. So, I don't think it's simply a case of someone being shocked into needing to do it, um, because that information is already there, it's widely available. So, yeah. No no simple solutions, I'm afraid I hope it is the case that everyone suddenly takes the things more ser- more seriously um but but I think it's it's unlikely I think there are some populations maybe you know maybe if you were a if you're in the strong man circle or something and obesity maybe is sometimes glorified and you're and people are using lots of anabolic steroids that maybe make them more likely to 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 decline in the case of, of COVID nineteen or something, maybe they'll have friends who 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 die because of it or whatever. But yeah, I think in general, I'm going to be pessimistic and say no. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, that's that's kind of why I asked the question because I like I think all over social media, everyone's kind of plasming the idea of like, oh, this is going to be great for everyone's health and fitness. We want to realize that we need to be in shape and this, this, and that. But yeah, no, I think it's kind of like we can have this idea that yeah, sweet, like fucking, we want this to happen, but. It's also a case of kind of being like again, like be more realistic about the whole situation. Kind of thinking like, yeah, the, the, the information is readily available to show that people should be doing it, but is it necessarily a case that you know this pandemic,
1: as much as it kind of should help people, it's kind of like I don't think it will. Chucking um, away. So yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think information in isolation is is yeah. particularly motivational. You know, it is sometimes definitely, yeah. but. But it just it's just not not enough. You know. Yeah. There could be the odd couple who see more people in their park going for runs and think, Oh, cool, I wanna
0: get on that and start doing it. And that could be the odd few people, but like for the overall population, I'm saying about it I'm gonna say pessimistic, realistic, that kind of way. I don't think it'll make a an enormous change to everyone's understanding of how important it should be to kind of get in track get on top of that not, not long
1: term anyway you know yeah, you, you might yeah. have you might have people who are you know they've been sitting at home for nine months or whatever once the gym is reopened <laughs> so they, they might just be like uh they might just be like oh jesus i need to get into shape now so you might see that acute spike and obviously everyone will attribute that to the covid19 realization or something mm-hmm. but but yeah long term i probably I, I don't think so if you honest
0: i'm to take a hint. there's a lot of people now who are kind of this is their norm just chilling home doing nothing so they're like well. No everyone has to do what I'm doing. It's like, okay, that's not yeah. good. They're kind of, they're, they're going back their life. They're like, everyone's gonna taste of how I live. And they're like, yeah, I'm doing, this isn't going to change me. I'm just doing, I've always done this. I'm now being told to do what I already do. I'm happy out. So I'm going to keep doing yeah. that. So yeah, we've got to do that to again as well, I think. Sweet. Now, listen, that's kind of the kind of questions I set out to ask. Like, I think we kind of, we got to them. We got a lot of very valuable points across there. Um, do you think there's anything you want to add to that? As in like anything you particularly want to get across to people who are, is jerry looking to stay in hip-top shape or maintain what they have or build from it going on there do you think we kind of we have kind of touched on everything
1: um yeah no i don't think i don't think there's anything else i would add really really on the 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 point that i would reinforce is that idea of of kind of having having flexibility in in how you live your life in general so i mean if fitness was all-encompassing for you um, try to diversify. Try to maybe read a bit more. Try to have a, a, a additional interest. Maybe you like painting or something like that. Have something else to you other than just fitness. I think that's important. Um, and that's coming from someone who has very much a fitness bias. I think everyone should engage in physical training. Absolutely. Um, but, but yeah, that I would say that. And I would also say. Um, Oh, what was the other thing I was going to say? I lost my train of thought, but I'm sure it was really important. Yeah, there right. you go. Yeah, that's my message. Sweet. Yeah, no, I think it's.
0: I think it's. I think yeah. From we can talk about it from a, a training point of view as much as we want, but you no, know, there's the whole life we have outside of fitness, which is which is bigger than everyone kind of. a lot of people kind of kind of believe, and it's in terms of yeah, like that's like be flexible, like understand that we like this like whole pandemic it was like it was something that just happened and no one could expect and no one was predicting like i mean i remember a conversation i had with a client um i remember we were there they, they were doing a warm and i was chatting up to them and they were like there's tvs in our gym um on our kind of cardio floor and they were looking Oh, like jesus oh, for the first case in ireland and i was like yeah i saw that and they're like nothing will happen i'm like yeah who knows it could be could be that could be we could get on top of it who knows and then all of a sudden now we're all in lockdown so it's, it's a situation that even when it presented itself people were going like ah that's nothing To the case now where we're being told to stay in our homes and not go outside two kilometer radius of where we live. Um, And It's a case of like, no one could predict that happening. No one foresaw that happening. Um, And if that has affected you at an enormous level, again, it's kind of take that in and adapt to it and realize that, well, number one, I have a lot more time on my hands. There's a lot more I can be doing as opposed to just focusing on what you can't do. And I think that's really important to kind of, if there's, a, if there's anything to take from everything going on now, I think that's a really, really big one to actually take from it. Do you, think, do you agree? Yes, sir. 100%. Perfect. So listen, Gary, I've had an absolute pleasure chatting to you. Um, for everyone listening to this now, my, my followers, um, if they want to get in touch with you regarding coaching or just want to follow you and have a look at what you do, where can they find you? What platforms? What do you do? Let them know.
1: Yeah. So so as I said, I'm the, the co-owner, co-owner of Triage Method. So if you'd like to check out what we do, you can follow us on on Instagram, uh, Triage, T-R-I-A-G-E, Method, um, all one word, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, et cetera, triagemethod.com. Um, or you can just follow me, myself, uh, Skinny Gaz, on Instagram uh, as well. I haven't been that active lately, just been trying to, you know, keep myself sane by not spending too much time on the gram. Um, but, but yeah, if you'd like to contact me personally, you'd like to reach out Gary at triage is the best place to get me because I much rather when someone takes the time to sit down and say, I'm actually going to curate an email. I'm going to think out, uh, what, what I want to talk about. You know, I'm going to email the guy. I'm going to make it very clear what, what I'm looking for. And then I can actually take the time to respond and give you a proper answer. I, really don't like Instagram Messenger. You know, I I, I signed in today for the first time in like two weeks and I had like 40 messages and it's just like, ah man. It just gives you a headache because it's like, you know, you're messaging someone back and you you know, when you open it, you can't mark it as unread again. Like that's just fucking ridiculous. Like Instagram needs to up their game. Uh, (laughs) So when you open it, you're you're prompted to respond at that time. Whereas like, you know, you could be in, I could be in class or whatever. You know, it's much easier to just, uh, to get in contact with someone via email. Maybe I'm just old-fashioned to call email old-fashioned is ridiculous anyway but yeah yeah no, i agree when i was getting when, when i was going to to come on the
0: podcast i was like email like i know i hate people talking, yeah, but it's kind of stuff it. it's kind of like dming that kind of way it's just number one it's just kind of in my eyes it's unprofessional in a sense as well uh
1: but it's kind of yeah, like especially if it's a professional inquiry yeah
0: exactly but it's kind of like if you're yeah if you're looking for either gary or myself or anything coaching related you know Instagram's cool. We all have links in our bios to go towards something coaching wise, but shoot us an email, go to our website, and car through there. If you have to, if you're gonna DM us, cool. But ideally, let's go email, make it, make it,
1: make it. Yeah, thing is like if some if someone emails me like I want to give them a proper response. Whereas like Instagram, it's like it looks so ugly even when you message someone back. Like everything yeah. looks ugly. Yeah. Like it's there's like, a, there's a limit to the amount of characters. It's like when you link things, it looks ugly. It's just, yeah, it's not a good time.
0: Yeah. And I think I it like also it e- kind of, it also shows some kind of like actual, they've actually thought about it. like, oh, but they've actually emailed me or they've kind of clicked the link in my bio. They've been on Instagram. They clicked the link in my bio to go to my website to then inquire through like the little, the quest section, which goes to my email. It's like, I can tell this person is actually wants to work with me and I've gone through the effort of actually going to link my bio or emailing me and like, like constructing a very well-structured email explain their goals and what they want to do with me and that kind of side of things and I like that it's like if you see me a dm saying I want to lose body fat or I want a big arse it's like it's cool yeah. but you know you could have you could have done otherwise which I would have preferred so we care. listen sure. th- thank you so much for coming on the podcast really appreciate it and for anyone here which I've been very poor myself at advertising it's my own coaching anyone listening to this who is interested in working with myself um as I as I said there By all means, feel free to get in touch. Email is danreespersonaltraining at gmail.com or there's links into my bio um, on Instagram at coachbydan. For anyone listening to this who doesn't follow me on Instagram, you can follow me there. Um, Everything regarding online coaching that I offer will be on that site. Um, In case you're wondering, instead of seeing me DM saying, what you do? It's like, no, no, it's all there for you. By all means, click on my bio or just email me and we can talk about it there. But yeah, Gary, thanks so much for coming on the podcast and uh, for everyone else listening, thanks so much. And uh, yeah, we'll chat to you again next Friday.